0: Hey everyone, you're now part of the B2B Power Hour. I'm your host, Nicholas Thicket. And I'm Morgan Smith. Here we dive into a world dominated by outdated playbooks and old-school tactics to compare the B2B companies that are achieving sales at scale and making real money in the process. Join
1: us for weekly interviews and live shows with industry experts and senior leaders diving into the go-to-market strategies that built their success. Now, on to today's
0: episode. It is that time, Morgan. It is A that good time. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Power Hour. We Who's are... joining us
1: today? Jump in the comments. Yes. Let us know who we got.
0: Hello, everyone. Hi. Happy um, happy Friday. And Nick, how are you? How you been? Good. I've been having
1: fun on LinkedIn. I've had a little bit more free time. Got to do some strategy sessions, and uh, you know what it told me? LinkedIn is still the gray area that people want to know more about, and it has been confirmed: cold call scripts apparently do not work. Oh, on LinkedIn, is that is
0: that. Oh, huh? Who knew?
1: Yeah. I, I can't say I personally experimented with that, but it's been interesting. I've been getting a lot of feedback, so thank you, anybody that's listening, that's been DMing me and telling me what experiments you're running. Thank you so much. Hey Anton, hey Sergi,
0: thanks for joining us. Hey ho, let's go. <laughs> um, I found that uh, this week too, I've been experimenting with with more on LinkedIn, especially outreach and. Uh, Connecting with people in new ways. And I feel this morning is going to be awesome. Uh, We're going to dive into a a wide variety of topics. I know in our promo stuff, we talked about building effective account lead lists, uh, using LinkedIn to research your prospects and like special ways. Nick has a fun hack to look through events and influencers' comments. Um, How to use a comment to approach and engage somebody before you ever pitch them or DM them or connect with them. Uh, How to not leave conversations on the table, uh, especially with the, I mean, we have this massive network all over the world. How do you use it properly? And of course, lastly, content that attracts attention. So good morning, Jeffrey. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning, Olivia and everyone else who is joining us and has not yet commented comment we want to say hi we want to say hello because nick this is a power hour workshop this morning
1: (laughs) this is your guys's power hour we have some themes that we're going to run today that we've just seen that work Mm -hmm. but this is your guys's show throw it in the comments what is that one thing you want to take away from today that you want to learn about linkedin that'll take you that step further this is your power hour And if you guys don't go and throw in anything in the comments, you just get what you get, because we're going to go through our topics, and it is. But if you guys can give us scenarios, like what what are you struggling with right now? What is a scenario you wish you could master? Uh, What is something you want to know? What questions do you have? But with it being workshop style, we're going to go and dive a little deeper than we normally do into some of the tactics. So, Morgan, where would you like to start
0: today? Well, let's start with... Who the heck do you connect with? <laughs> <laughs> the the bur- biggest burning question. And, yeah, let's do it. And, ha- and how, do, how do you know that's the right person to connect with? I feel, you know, LinkedIn sales now have got a nice, fresh, clean update, uh, especially on their uh, lead searching functionality. So that's been nice to to work through in some of the account search functionality. You can now exclude things Yes, as a data man. I'm very excited about that that you can exclude things that you uh, are looking at. But Nick, how do you know to who to connect with? Who do you go after? Who should you be connecting with on the day-to-day or week-to-week? Great question.
1: And I, it's probably the hardest question. And when I get salespeople that feel like they can be vulnerable with me, it's the most common one I get asked is, who should I be talking to? Who should I be talking to? And I, I think account strategy is slightly becoming a dying art and looking at who are those accounts you should be targeting. And if you look at account-based marketing as a go- as a guide, they'll have your tiers. So you'll have tier one, tier two, tier three. So tier mm-hmm. one, say they're your best accounts. They're the ones that you're existing that you want to grow. Tier two are really high value that you can afford to put a little extra attention in, but not quite as much. So maybe, you know, tier one's 500,000 plus that you're in revenue. Mm-hmm. You know, tier two is maybe 250,000 to a hundred thousand and tier three is less than a hundred thousand, but this is your existing customers that this needs to come from. How are you breaking up these accounts so that you're looking at what is the best business? Who's the easiest to deal with? Who's, who do you not have to sell? Who just gets the value that you bring to the table without you having to go and go over and over and over. And if you're not sure, interview your customers, do a win loss analysis talk to your marketing team, figure out what assets they pulled, what information that they're running with so that you can go and piggyback off the research they've already done, should have done.
0: Should have done.
1: (laughs) And just go with that because then they'll also have assets that you can use for enablement to go and help your cause or even create your own content with your own voice. But we need to know who those accounts are so that we can target them with our efforts. And then once you know who they are, Figure out those things that are yay or nay. So if you had a list of 100 people, you could go through and pick. Yes, no, yes, no. And if you can't quite do that yet, you're it's okay. A lot of people are at this point. But we need to go and get to that capability so it's comfortable to find the right fit. And once we get there, we got to look at leads. Mm-hmm. So... Right, Morgan. Who who are we mm-hmm. talking to in these accounts? Who are the right people to reach out to? And as you found out with you know talking to sales and marketing people,
0: who are the easiest to talk to? Sales and it changes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, generally speaking, as salespeople sales people are far more responsive than marketers. But um, one thing that I always liked that you recommended, Nick, was that when you start out, you really need a tight, tailored account list. So. The mistake that we both see lots of companies make is when they create an account strategy, they have whatever ICPs, ideal, and usually they're ideal clients. They're not actual clients. They're just people they'd like to sell to. Um, They create ICPs, and then then you develop this account list out on LinkedIn that's hundreds of different companies that you could sell to. And Nick's recommendation previously, which I've been using, and, and it's awesome, is to tailor that to max 50 accounts. And to get down to that size on an account list requires you to know a little bit more about your customers and what kinds of customers are good fit for you. And if you don't know that, that's fine. Like You can experiment. You can see what sort of works over the next 60 to 90 days. You don't have to know that today. But the goal is to be able to tailor an account list to 50 different accounts. Maybe you know that um, you work best with companies that had a recent change in sales leadership. Because you're selling services that work best when there's a new VP of sales or a new CSO. And that's based on the account strategy information you have or the win-loss analysis you've done. You recognize that seven out of the last 10 closed one accounts came from a new VP of sales at this company. Well, that's a pretty easy thing to filter for in LinkedIn. And then you can start filtering by geography and by headcount growth and by maybe funding round events or by... Uh, lots of other filters, but to really try and narrow your efforts because once you have those 50 accounts, you can turn that around into a lead list, right? You can search leads by your account list and then you can find the roles at those companies, the personas, to use that language, mm-hmm. that are good targets. And chances are, if you know that these VPF sales in this instance tend to be the buyers, maybe there's something about an approach uh, with those VP of sales that are active out on LinkedIn or maybe the best front door approach based on your account strategy and the information you have at your disposal isn't through the VP of sales but through a sales director or or through a sales manager having that knowledge about how you're routing your accounts leads Mm. you to build more effective account lists and lead lists on LinkedIn it's technology it's a tactic the LinkedIn can filter all the different things that you want and if and Practically speaking, if you can't do it manually, you won't be able to do it automatically. Tech yeah. just augments what's already there.
1: And going to Sergi's point here, he was pointing out that with so much third party automation, it's mm-hmm. hard to know what's real and what's not, and what's a bot and what's you know, just a generic outreach plan. You know why those don't work? Is because we expect it and because mm-hmm. it provides no value. Like, Mm -hmm. even going back to what they teach you in cold calling, the first thing you have to do is ask them a question that shows that you know enough about them to have a conversation. So, for example, one thing that you might want to do is Morgan did a really good exercise that we built a list of 500 accounts and we tried to divide them up into 50s. Mm -hmm. And Morgan got to see different trends and he was relaying back to me like, hey, did you know that only these accounts are... Like uh, for financial services, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, guys, if you guys, if I'm cutting out a little bit. Mike, it's weird that it's doing that. Is everything okay?
0: Yeah, you're you're still here. It's just a little wonky. That's all. That is super weird.
1: I don't know why it's doing that. Sorry, guys, but um, you got to when you're going through and you're filtering these accounts, you get to see differences in how you're dividing and conquering them into the 50 and you'll see subtle nuances that make them different well how can you turn those subtle nuances into questions Mm. Mm -hmm. hey i just saw you did a funding round seeing a lot of companies that go through this funding round that uh end up having to lay off a whole bunch of people what's your game plan to make sure you can sustain growth
0: great question
1: But test it. It, You won't necessarily get the perfect question right away. And that's Mm -hmm. also another reason why it's nice to start lower on the ladder to Mm -hmm. go and figure out, get your recon to know what's important. Another great resource is going on to their investment reports. The investor pages, looking at their shareholder reports to see their SWOT analysis. Where are they struggling? What's a weakness right now that they know they have to improve on? And I was actually talking to somebody else about when you get ghosted. This is a fantastic way to come back with a vengeance because it's almost sneaky because you can, you know, somebody else is ghosting you because it's not high priority, but now you're involving somebody else in the power base in that, you know, those influencers where they're going to go and support you because now there's, they are doubling down on value for the same amount of money and you're aligning the different departments. So account strategy matters. Same with your messaging. But that low-hanging fruit should start with shared connections, company experience, and then get into posts and other things. Sure. You know, we're human. Social psychology is we trust who we trust. We know who we know. Mm-hmm. Stay inside the box before you go and get creative.
0: Well, it is so interesting you bring that up. And also, good morning, Tara. Thanks for joining. Uh, nice to see you as well. <laughs> the um, it, The bot spammy outreach... If you're having troubles connecting with people because you think they think you're a bot, maybe it's time to change your outreach. You know, how do you change up the cadence so that people recognize you're a real person? Now, this sequence doesn't work with everyone, but the, um, the ones that I really like are the one that I use a lot with people who are active on LinkedIn. Now, there's kind of two different paths here. Um, one is that they're active in terms of liking, engaging, and commenting. And then there's sort of a second upgraded tier, which is that they're actually posting content. So Mm -hmm. to to just start with the second one is the easiest example. The best way to cut through the noise is just to start commenting on their posts, not connecting with them, not DMing them, not pitch slapping them, (laughs) none of that. Just find a recent post, find when they post, maybe they post consistently. And Add a comment and that comment should be high value or it could be a question, right? It's not a, it's not a shadow pitch. It's not a time to talk about your company. It's not a time to really talk about yourself. I always like, I know Nick likes to stir the pot maybe more than I do, but I always like, (laughs) no, definitely not. Um never done that i always like to affirm the post i'm like hey there's a great content loved if it's like a listicle love number eight or love the key insight here and then either asking a question or adding value on top of that that key to insight or that first to insight is really valuable for that person and then you don't send a connection request you just make sure they're a saved lead inside of sales nav and then the next day or a few days later You filter activity by your leads. You find the same people. You add another comment. Well, chances are, in our experience, by the second or third comment, they either send you a connection request because they're just interested about who this person is in their comments, and you're adding value or you're asking questions, or you can send them a connection request. And I don't think I've ever had that rejected, Nick. I'm not sure if you have either. And oftentimes, it's blank. Like... Uh, For me, at least. Sometimes you can personalize it, but almost always it's blank because you've been commenting in their strategy. And then when they accept, you just say, hey, thanks for connecting. You don't pitch. That's not the time to pitch immediately afterwards. Then you continue to engage in their comments, or maybe you send a follow-up message. and You say, hey, this is an interesting um, post from somebody else thought of your post recently. All of this is about relationship building. It's trust building. It's getting people to see that because of our competitive landscape where inside LinkedIn there are a lot of people that are just sale, 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 sale all the time. They're like a parrot. They're like, I'm going to sell you. I'm going to sell you. Like that's what you want to avoid. You want to be a person. (laughs) Right? Right. Product alert, product alert. Like that's not a a, a great strategy for selling. You want to build a relationship. And that just means adding little, we've called them value deposits, little deposits, charge up the battery, add something to the bank account that, that brings trust to the forefront and shows that you're genuinely interested in them. Because at the end of the day, think of this from a pipeline perspective. If they are not a qualified prospect if they are not going to become a qualified opportunity because there is a mismatch between their problems and what you offer, then pitching them anyways isn't a good idea. And that way you can tailor the conversation to discovery and qualification and talking about their problems and asking them questions to see if there's a match. And if it doesn't happen in the first three months, maybe it happens in the first six months. But that's a whole other thing we'll get to later. So commenting first is a way to get in front of your audience without having to send a connection request. And I can also build trust and demonstrate value and build a connection before you ever try and connect with someone and pitch them because all of our fears is, and I had this just the other day, I got this very bland, very generic sort of uh, com- uh, note, I guess is what it's uh, you know called when you send a connection request. And my initial thought was, I'm going to connect with this person, and I'm going to get pitched. And lo and behold, I said, let's test this out. I connected with the person, and then I got pitched. And that is the competitive landscape. So the more you can disrupt that, the better off you're going to be.
1: But the problem is, too, like when you, I'm going to take this a couple steps back, because I want to give you guys a couple yes.
0: layers, a
1: layered approach to this. When you comment, that comment lives on. So the beauty, if you come out in the morning and you post a really good piece of content, so think about it, and I think it was Jason Bay that had spoke about this. When somebody walks in, your target customer, when they walk in in the morning, and it's, it's a big day, they have to get shit done. What is the first thing they're gonna do? What's the second? That should be your content. Once you get past that, then you wanna start commenting. Who are those influencers that have big followings, that they're in that community building it through their comments so you can join in and either learn about like personal knowledge or professional knowledge, learn what their customers are asking, what they're interested in, or even just put yourself out there in a way that is non-threatening because you're just diving in a little deeper. And there's eventually you'll find that commonality, that value point, where if it makes sense, they'll book a meeting with you. And so you can do these investments in less than an hour first thing in the morning and then you can move over in your accounts and you can start getting really targeted on sales nav where you can have your account list built out in your account lists, You build out your personas, those buyers, what are those titles that they have? So go and right in the top in your lead list, which account list are you sorting by? What persona are you sorting by? And then which titles they have and give yourself The advantage of writing notes, you know who those people are and then go and just comment on their posts for a little while. And then what you do is because your account lists are set up, if you go to the homepage on sales nav, it also gives you different intent channels. So somebody just got a promotion. So if you think, you know, those last couple sales that you had, what were those triggers that they reached out to you? Was it because somebody got a promotion? They just did a funding round. Is it because the headcount started dropping and then they were worried? Is it because the headcount just doubled and they don't know what the hell to do? What is it that changed that was that emotional trigger that they're like, holy crap, right now is the time we need to make a change? Because it's already happening. Mm -hmm. And now we need help. Or now we need some guidance. And then you can piggyback off that momentum to bring value now, which can be that free Mm -hmm. taste that opens that door. The only time you should be sending a LinkedIn DM, and please guys chime in if you disagree, because I'm game to go in battle, but is if there is a timeline associated with it. So regulation's changing, pricing's changing. Hey, you guys got two weeks, I just wanted to let you know, we're seeing about a 20 to 30% increase in raw materials, which is gonna affect the pricing. So you have to really dive into why now? because they already know they need to change. Why now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And is it why now because of you? Because you need to hit quota? Or is it why now? Because it's something they care about and they're judged on. Mm-hmm. If their role isn't judged on this and it's not part of their KPIs or it's not part of the corporate strategy, don't DM. Yes. Use the other strategies. But this is how you have to layer cake it in. Like Morgan likes to say, so that you're stack, think of it like stackable revenue. Okay. I got my, I got my content. That's going to go and attract people to me. I got my comments, which is going to bring people to me, showcase my expertise, build relationships. Okay. I got my DMS and my connection requests. So I'm building my audience with those people that need to be in my network the most that I get along with so on and so forth. Should we jump into influencers next?
0: Um, Let's throw up Lydia's comment first that it seems like many think this is a Ooh. great comment and something yeah. I could uh, riff on for a second. It seems so Lydia says it seems like many think these lists they've compiled using SalesNav or other tools are automatically prospects. Preach. At best they are suspects who will need a lot of nurturing to become more than that and what yes. more than that is can be a surprise. 100% Thank you absolutely agreed and actually I, I wrote a little piece of content earlier this week and I've been having lots and lots of conversations with other people about this which is how does marketing and this is an interesting analogy here how does marketing qualify a lead? because if you have an ocean of prospects and you need to disqualify likely 80 to 90 percent of those prospects I'm how do you qualify what those leads. <laughs> <laughs> The way that most marketers tackle that is by creating brand personas and, and try-hard Tammies and, and all this nonsense. And then they create name and email lists and then they pass it off to sales saying that these are qualified leads because they attended an event or they downloaded a white paper. And that's completely they insufficient. Your LinkedIn and, profile. and they looked at our LinkedIn profile. And, and similarly to what Lydia brings up, just because you have a list based on this targeted account list and you create a lead list of certain roles and people – those are now prospects. They're just, or as she says, suspects, right? They're not leads. They require the same sort of approach that you would take whether you got a name and an email off of a white paper. It's the same sort of thing. It's just in a different platform. It's a different tactic. That's why doing what Nick just said, showing up with value, being able to um, you know, deliver value on LinkedIn ahead of time, before you connect, before you pitch, even though you have a strategy around how it will eventually look, you never know how it can go. You never know where the conversations can go. And so instead of treating them like, oh, here's just another at lead. I got reunion? a... Yeah, like a cousin at your family reunion with always something to sell, you're, you just continue to show up generously and you connect with them over the things that matter to them. That's just our job as salespeople or as marketers. It's our job as revenue builders. Um, yes.
1: Can I dive Anyways. into the, the story just because I think it's really relevant? Maybe. Oh, yes.
0: I think it's such a good story. Go for it. So one of
1: my cousins is always trying new things, but it's always like a direct sales job that she's It's just commission based and it's a side hustle. And so every time I see her, she's always trying to sell me shit. And I, and I specifically say that because I've never been qualified, but she just assumes I'll buy. Mm-hmm. You know, we know what yeah. assumptions say. But the thing is, every conversation is forced. I never join in and I never drive the conversation. Look at your LinkedIn DMs, look at your comments. Are you driving it forward? Or did you pique their curiosity where they're asking you questions? Think of your grandma, when she just finds out you started a new job or you're going to school or you're taking on a new project or you have a new hobby. What do they do? Every grandma, every grandparent, Oh really that's really cool like tell me more about that Mm -hmm. and they naturally dive in this is the whole point of commenting is to trigger that oh tell me more Mm -hmm. but the problem is people make it about them too soon a lot of the time because there's no sense of urgency to make it about you it's on your timeline so you need to switch the script and race to commonality what is something they want to talk about Where's that value? I have a gentleman that we're exchanging emails now on email scripts. You know, I'm bringing value for LinkedIn. He's bringing value for email and DMs and it's a collaboration. Will we do business? Who cares? It's not the point. Yeah. (laughs) But the problem is all too often we do things expecting something back. This whole policy, the whole framework that we're talking about is you invest, 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 invest. And unless they're in a really highly targeted account where you got your thumb on, you're watching very closely, you don't have to push because you have enough, enough lines out to go and catch something. I, uh, I just saw Anton's, Anton's comment. Yeah. I was going to call it really, that out.
0: really good. Thank you, Anton. Th- Anton asks, what about the personas who are not active on LinkedIn? What do you think Morgan? <laughs> gonna punt this one to me come on man so jump in. It's up to you. Uh, i mean obvi- for me obviously everything we've talked about so far is you're filtering in sales now by people who posted on linkedin or are active on linkedin in the last 30 days and yes this poses challenges uh, in terms of getting after the right people but some of it is also validating your approach right so if you have an account strategy chances are you are going to be targeting people in a similar field the reality is link or in a similar industry at a similar size with similar events chances are you probably sell to a particular kind of customer and if you don't well you know it's that's a problem unto itself and something that needs to get resolved so there's so many dimensions we could run with this but the way i think about it is what if you have the opportunity to validate your approach meaning The ways you talk about your products and services, the ways that you're connecting with people, the ways that you're demonstrating value or positioning your company with people inside the industry, inside your ICPs who are active on LinkedIn, chances are you can use that same knowledge with a different approach to those other personas who aren't active on LinkedIn, whose information you can get elsewhere, right? LinkedIn is a tactic at the end of the day. There's a lot of strategy that goes into it, but those same strategies work and are valuable on other platforms whether you're cold emailing or you're cold calling or whatever else so you know linkedin's linkedin's a tactic at the end of the day it's one way to reach your audience and it's a very powerful way because of the ways you can generate value in advance but for those who aren't active at all yeah it, i understand that it's just a good way to test and validate tara had a question of like uh or a comment really could be a lurker and just not comment 100 valid too There are lots and lots and lots of people who, about 95% of people actually on LinkedIn who don't comment at all. So sometimes even if you find a profile that says there's no activity in the last 90 days, they may have logged in yesterday. You're right. I mean it's worth a shot too. And that's where getting – that requires a different approach because if they're not engaging and not commenting – and Nick was about to say this before we went through some of the, the comments in the, the feed was, um, if they're not commenting or, and they're not engaging at all, it requires a personalized approach, uh, a connection request. We actually did an interview with Candice Edelin about this on the podcast, which is awesome. And she has a, mm-hmm. a way of going through researching them, understanding the company more, and sending a connection request with not a personalized DM, like a, like a hey, Nick, Saw you did X, would love to connect. That's personalized Um, for most people. A really well-researched, thoughtful question that you're actually asking them in the connection request. That's one way to go about it um, if you're fairly confident that they logged into LinkedIn. If they aren't commenting but they are liking stuff, and that does show up in the activity on the account. One way – the other way is to go after the influencer accounts that they follow. Chances are we all follow some people who have 15, 20, 25,000 different followers. And that's where you can leverage the comment approach on influencer accounts to get in front of these people to show up as they look through the comments. Because, I mean, this is the funny thing. We all look through comments. We all Mm -hmm. see a big post with 400 likes and 20 different comments and you click and you're like, oh, that's interesting. And your name could pop up there. That's a much longer term strategy, of course, but it's another way to get in front of these people. So those are three different ways that we could, you know, I would begin to address that question. Nick?
1: (laughs) Every industry is on LinkedIn, just not every persona. Mm. Every company is at a digital is at a different stage of digital transformation, where some are more traditional and they have lived in a cave and they haven't moved to like the new world where there's like they're still figuring out Zoom and email is still tough or they don't understand their phone. It's okay. It's a nature of the beast. It's fine. But their salespeople usually are using LinkedIn. Their marketing team might be using LinkedIn. Not every approach, not every account strategy needs to be. Just LinkedIn so sometimes it's better to go and do email like do what Justin Michael says and do Spears do your initial email reply back after a certain time with thought so it bumps back up do a visual prospecting, draw something that is highly relevant. Go and do that and then so you can start there mm-hmm. you can go and cold call do your research cold call but a lot of the time what you can do is there's there's salespeople customer service somebody that's already on LinkedIn that you can connect with and use as a resource and refer your way up the ladder or do recon and then call asking for the right person. And they will even, you can even ask for help and they'll they'll guide you through that process. But the whole point of doing an account strategy, building these account lists, building these lead lists is looking at the best way to target this account. Yes. The thing with this whole LinkedIn process is it's indirect with content it's indirect with comments and showing up in the right places it goes direct when there's a purpose where there's a timeline where there's a referral you got to go through these steps or you're selling yourself short you know you don't invest in one basket and think that it's you know it's going to work out for you everybody knows that you want to spread yourself out a little bit so have two or three go-to tactics and take the time for each account to map that out a little bit, your playbook. Just make it personalized.
0: Yeah, We got some good comments. I let's um, You laughed at Lydia's. I think it's totally worth showing up because Kinder has sort of a follow-on later. So Lydia had commented, unreasonable sales quotas you know exactly and crappy sales training my mind. <laughs> make people try to score on the first date, quote-unquote. And then Kinder follows it up with um, the adage, you know, ABC always be closing and ABS always be selling. Uh, no longer hold weight. So I feel like those are in the same vein. Nick, you're chuckling about this. I think you should say something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've never said this live before.
0: Okay. but I'm Oh, probably. I know where your head's going. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> One thing I tell a lot of salespeople and Eddie, if you want to borrow this buddy, go for it. Don't sell like a horny teenager.
0: It's so true.
1: <laughs> Cause all you're ever focused on is what you want and what you want to get out of it. And it's, People can read right through it because you're so transparent because they're talking about something else and you redirect back to what you want. Or, you know, you want to go for coffee and now they want to take you somewhere else. And you're like, that's weird. That's not something you would normally do on a first date. And going back to what Lydia was originally saying, they're a suspect. Mm-hmm. You're trying to go and see if it's a good fit. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of steps that come before marriage. <laughs>
0: Eddie, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's true. I mean, there's no. I've I've told Nick like we maybe shouldn't say that in a live show, but it's honestly too perfect right now.
1: <laughs> uh, actually, I will go and say Eddie did talk about something different, and it was really, really good because it was talking about mm. you have to. And Eddie, please throw this in the comments because this is yours. You figured this out, so I, I'm I'm just telling it as i remember eddie brought up a really good point and it plays to any channel and you've got to treat relationships like relationships Mm -hmm. there's different phases of relationships so Mm -hmm. you're dating well how do you walk through that the courting of that dating how do you go and guide it in a way that is natural how okay, now you're in the honeymoon phase. What do you expect in the honeymoon phase? Okay, you've been dating for a long time. What would you expect? And one thing me and Eddie actually brought up too is retention and growth of accounts.
0: <laughs> Lydia Scott. <laughs> I won't repeat for our audio listeners.
1: <laughs> but you got you gotta respect relationships and think about how you would treat your own relationship. <laughs> And that's part of it, but <laughs> it's being purposeful. It's being respectful. It's earning trust, but it's being focused and that's how you win. And, at, you know, connect with Eddie and ask him about how he treats his relationships. He has a really good way of looking at it. And it's not only is it respectful, but it's very purposeful and it works. So make sure you
0: connect with yeah. him. But
1: yeah. Well, it, and
0: the, interestingly the, on this note, <laughs> the... The I'm still cry laughing a little bit um, of this whole discussion. The I had an old mentor of mine who gave me a piece of advice many years ago, and it has held true for forever, which is that, um, well, he always joked relationships are hard, all kinds of relationships are difficult because there's inevitably people want different things. But if you treat if you in, in this vein, the piece of advice is all relationships are similar. I mean, yeah, in a business relationship, the terms are a little different than if you're married to someone, for most people. But for for the purposes of our discussion, all relationships are the same. So if you're thinking of going on a date with somebody or, or, or you're at a party, this is the analogy I always use. If you're at a party, because at the end of the day, LinkedIn is just a big old party platform. We're all here just to have fun, talking with each other, networking, whatever that means, quote unquote. And... What would you do? Would you come up to somebody at a party and say, hey, I work for this company. You want to buy what I have? I mean, that's almost like uh, somebody opening up their jacket and being like, hey, you want the good stuff? Like, that's not an approach that you, that you should do. You want to be able to come up to somebody at a party, ask them, well, so what do you do? Or if you don't like that um, sort of standard networking question, tell me about yourself or how have you been? Or you can go uh, more direct you know. than
1: that too. Like you can make a guess of mm-hmm. something that would be common. Like especially if you know your customer, you can get yeah. more targeted than that. Where it's something that everybody wants to make more money, everybody wants to save money, everybody wants to build a brand and be known for something. Mm-hmm. You can st- you can be really strategic with your questions and get to the end result faster. Mm-hmm. But you can't exclude the emotions. You have to still go through the process and. Yes. Yeah, you can't rush. You can't pull people to where you are. You have to meet them where they're at and be their guide along the way.
0: So let's not lose this thread. I feel like we've explored a lot of the commenting and relationship building a lot. I don't want to lose the thread on uh, finding new people to connect with because you have a really great tactic that you use. Uh, with LinkedIn events in order to connect to the right kinds of people out here who are active and it's a different way of screening them. You're not actually using sales navigator. So uh, why don't you explain this approach? I've always loved this. And I think it was actually Selena that pointed me
1: to this or told me about it. Mm -hmm. I think she's a, if you're not following Selena,
0: Selena young. Yeah. She's awesome.
1: She knows her shit. But, uh, Events. So, you know, when you're in LinkedIn, you go in the top left corner, you search a relevant term. When you go on, it'll pop, there's little bubbles underneath, and it'll say, I think the first one's people, Mm -hmm. something posts, events. Click on events. And what you try to look at is what are those questions that people are asking just before they buy? What are those questions that show people are past that suspect and now they're really starting to learn? And what you're doing is you're meeting people where they're at when they've already started slightly into the journey, or maybe they don't have connections that they can go and ask questions. Maybe they're just doing it for their own professional development. But what you can do is you go into those events, you register. As soon as you register, it opens up the entire attendees and you can message them without needing to connect. Mm-hmm. This is a privilege. Don't abuse it. Yes. Yes. I was about to say (laughs) but what you got to think about is what's going through their mind. Why are they coming here? What is this power hour for them? And is this someone I can help that I can be a resource to? If it is, how can I start that conversation? How can I build some commonality rapport by focusing on the topic? The reason they're here, Mm -hmm. it works really well, really, really, really well. And so we talk about stacking. What this is, is one of your strategies. I only, what I use this for the most is when I don't have meetings. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So say um, I, I have, you know, two meeting slots left. So I have a free hour. So I'll spend an hour just looking at LinkedIn events. Sometimes I'll actually attend an event if it's something relevant and I'll just join in the comments or I'll actually message people directly. And it, it's like a slingshot, it it works incredibly well every time.
0: Absolutely. I feel like um, it's such a good approach. For me, what I use those event lists for is, well, there's lots of different layers I think about, and and especially from a strategic sense, I want to get a sense of validation. So if not like me personally, but sometimes, but for an account strategy, if you know that the people you sell to are trying to solve problem why and you search up events using that couple of keywords and there's all kinds of events that get run on linkedin and you register and you pull up and you see a lot not necessarily at your exact accounts but you see a lot of similar personas of companies that maybe you could work with maybe not but that you know the vp of sales are interested the um or the account executives are interested or this sort of persona in digital marketing is interested. For me, that's a validation of our strategic approach without ever having to send a cold email, without ever having to AB test. You're just using available information at your disposal to validate that your assumption or your guess that these kinds of people might be interested in these kinds of topics is probably valid. And that can inform your messaging. Um, yeah, anyways. I feel it's such a good tactic.
1: <laughs> it works really well. And on the side note, yes. influencers. Mm-hmm. Really big influencers post become events. If you don't believe me, go to Gary Vaynerchuk, who I love stirring shit on all the time because I'll just throw something in there. But you got to do something that's polarizing, like controversial, that it makes people pick a side. But it think of it like a, a psychographic fit. If people like, people like me think things like this, they're not wrong. If they disagree, they're just not a good fit. Right. So don't start fights with trolls, but throw this comment out there and you'll attract those right people who will either look at your profile because they're getting thousands upon thousands of views every few minutes, or they're going to get a ton of comments and you're going to go and open yourself up to either new categories, new people, where, where I found this works really well is not only do they join, but they'll refer you. And because they're commenting too, it spreads stuff further. So now you have wider reach. But it's you got to look at it longer game too. Because now, like I said, they're referring you. So they'll open doors for you. And you can even ask them, hey, do you know anybody at so-and-so company? Or mm-hmm. This is where you can start looking and mapping out your accounts to see who can open doors with
0: you. Not for you, with you. My, my favorite part of that approach, and I've used this to great success, and I know you certainly have, is you open up a big influencers profiles, recent posts, it's got 30,000 likes or whatever, and you look through the comments, you look at names, you look at titles, you look at positions or headlines or whatever else, and you select their comment, and then you reply to that and get a conversation started. So you don't even have to reply generically to Gary Vee's post or reply generically to somebody's post. You can choose a specific person's comment and respond. stir some controversy, ask a question, add value, add a little humor. If you can nail the textual humor, it's hard, but it works to great effect if you can nail it. That gets people excited. And that also generates a little excitement. So if that's somebody that you want to go after, obviously, if they're a target account, that's a great way to start a conversation. But even if they're not and you're just looking for extended visibility or new partnerships or new people to connect to, it's such an easy way. Instead of scrolling through the feed for forever, pull up a big influencer's account, scroll through, add three comments, uh, have a conversation with those people, guaranteed. Within two or three interactions, somebody's going to send a connection request to each other, and it's not going to feel awkward at all. And then that conversation could continue in the DMs. That's at least one. And don't approach. just comment on one person. Go through no.
1: the feed and actually comment on. I find that the golden numbers at least five. Oh then yeah, people see you being open and honest and like helpful, and so they it takes the fear out of it. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. invest yourself. Show up. Think of it's like going to the gym. People may not talk to you the first few times you go, but after you know a, a week or so of people watching you, always being there, always being helpful, being respectful, you're more approachable and it leads to a better conversation. And I can't believe Morgan didn't get into this, but it's market research. Oh, I know. I was, I was. Oh. Uh. <laughs> but what happens? Think about this. We're talking about like, what's, what is top on their list? So you're going through and combing through to find people in your ICP, your target accounts, your leads, the right titles. What are they commenting on? What are they commenting? What questions are they asking? What pisses them off? What gets them excited? What makes them act? And don't just do one. You're going to need a few. I find that it takes somewhere between 10 and 20 and you start seeing trends. And if, if you're starting out and you're just not sure who to sell to, Go find the top five accounts influencers in your market, in your category that your people are listening to. Comb through there, build a Google Sheets list, put somewhere between 50 and 100 of those comments down and try to go through and dissect why. Figure out that why. And it, it'll change everything.
0: Yeah. And honestly, this is the underappreciated asset. And and this is this is a whole other conversation, which we're getting into in our own work, Nick, but we haven't really dis- uh, discussed on the live show is market research should not be a one-off process. It should not be done every 12 months or not every done every six months. Like I understand that over 10 years, <laughs> we've seen companies that do that though. Like we're, we're laughing because it's, it's sad, but true that This is an iterative process of refining and learning, and you have all of this information at your disposal. And so many of us are, and and I I include myself in this category for the record, so many of us are sort of used to the idea that if we we receive information from above, ah, and then we use that information and we go and sell or we go and market, and that just doesn't need to be the case anymore. Right, I, The impulse to hire an outside consultancy to do market research for you is fine. Um, they, they can probably provide data you don't have or that's cheaper to them to do. But actually listening in and doing what Nick said, taking down those comments. Eddie just c- uh, commented to make a swipe file and save their post and make the Google Docs. Right, So you can save inside LinkedIn and also have this huge list and copy or it over bookmarks. into Google Docs or even just bookmark it. I think and- Eddie has a bookmark that he goes down that's really yep. great. It's super smart. And just being able to listen in and dissect why are people posting this, what motivates these questions, gives you unique intelligence, market intelligence, and also competitive intelligence that you can use to better sell eventually down the road. And in this case, selling is not actually pitching as we talked about. It's a lot of just relationship building and value provision and seeing if there's the right match because then – the, all of the sorts of conversation starters you can ask, all the sorts of questions you can ask are informed by dozens and dozens of posts that you've seen from people in their industry. Not necessarily themselves, but lots of people who are um, – <laughs> Eddie's Eddie commented, wait, stop giving my secrets. Sorry, man. Um, <laughs> and, not, and, and follow and, Eddie. He's great. Yeah, go follow Eddie, by the way. Um, Eddie Bonham for our audio listeners. The uh, We have a podcast episode coming out with him soon um, as well. The uh, That sort of power in market intelligence is unique. And the reason it is unique and useful to you is not because ju- or just because you now have a better understanding of your accounts or personas. Like that's useful anyways, okay? But it can inform all sorts of, Of marketing approaches all sorts of sales approaches you become an asset in your company you know your customers better than your competitors chances are you're people actually seek you out totally I mean all of these things are are based on your profound understanding of your customers the rule in both sales and marketing is that if you know your customer better than anyone else you'll win and the way you do that on LinkedIn is just by being active and and that's for me it for us at least it doesn't actually take that much time. Like if you no. and I want to get to content before the hour closes because it's I think important. Um, not as an asterisk, but as something to discuss really quick. But if you're if you are engaging, if you're exclusively commenting, connecting, looking through events, having conversations. Commenting on influencer counts, pulling all these insights together, you're going to have a better understanding of your audience who's active on LinkedIn than a lot of people. And then you can repurpose that into your cold emails or into your cold calls or all of your other tactics. Or something even easier. Or, so uh, I've been texting
1: something and I didn't tell you.
0: Oh, I'm <laughs> so excited it seems to learn.
1: That's my own guinea pig. So I try everything first. Yes. But, uh, and, You can always DM me to ask me what experiments I'm running. But what I do when I do these lists is I look at the language that they're using. What terms come up? How do they use that term? Well, LinkedIn is a search engine. So what you do is you search that and you either do people or posts. People, it'll actually pull up what's in their about section. And so you can find things that they have in common where you can just cherry pick and there's an account list. Or you can look at posts and you can find people that are talking about it. So one of my favorite things to find is what are people pissed off? What is a symptom of bad, whatever you're doing? What is a symptom of bad sales? I've made so many calls and nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, I hear this all the time. A lot of time people are running with scripts or they don't, they're calling kind of anyone and everyone and they don't have a target. And just leave it. Leave it it as a a, a comment. Don't ask a question. So worst case scenario, they don't respond. If they respond, now you've started a high value thread. Mm -hmm. But what happens? Everybody in your audience sees your comments. So now what is the hardest thing to do? Come up with good content. Well, people are asking questions or they're bitching about something you know more about. be help be helpful mm-hmm. jump in and then it'll actually come back into your feed and then especially the people that maybe aren't as vocal normally on your comp they might comment because they're curious about it too or they thought the same thing and next thing you know you have this thread of comments and i've booked meetings from this and they've been yeah. a lot of fun and they've been super
0: high whoa, 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 value whoa. and targeted you've built pipeline from comments let's be clear yeah yeah, I, it's not just, oh, hey, I had this nice meeting with somebody. It was like, oh, this is a qualified opportunity for us. That's the power behind this. That's and, also and why. Oh, go ahead. say like the thought.
1: allocation of like investments. Yeah. Different things mature at different rates. Content doesn't just magically pay off in 30 days. It'll, it'll start, especially if you're really highly targeted and you have the right audience. But you have to have the right and you got to be able to go and tell your manager this too. Content may not actually start bringing in meetings until 90 days. But the comments, but the connection requests, but the other layers that you're doing will. Yes. So don't just rely on one and say it's not working. Yes. Sorry for interrupting.
0: No, I I think it's a super crucial point. And that's the other thing. I think most, almost every sales professional I've talked to, who does not uh, work for a company with an employee advocacy program or something that like Dream Data, Refine Labs, Gong does in supporting their sales professionals posting? Mm-hmm. I, what I see, everyone overthinks content. The content is, first of all, just one strategy, it is just one part of your stack, it is just one part of the layer that you're using to engage with people. And arguably, it may not be the most valuable if you have a small audience. So don't overthink it. We had an SDR on um, the podcast maybe last month. I think it came out uh, before the holidays. And David's um, an SDR at a company out of the UK at Turtle. And he posts once a week, a couple times a week maybe. And all that he's posting are insights that he's learned from calls or things to post with his peers. It's just to stay active and get some interest and generate some laughs. But that's enough because he's using the platform in other ways in order to generate interest, in order to work the platform through comments, through connections, through prospecting, through all the other things you can do with LinkedIn in an appropriate way to actually build pipeline. So content can just be repurposed conversations. Candice had this great point that I've loved. And I started to think about using like if you're on a call with somebody and you learn something interesting from a mentor, from a prospect or whatever, anonymize the content. Say I was talking with this person or I was talking with this sales leader at a California tech company or I was talking with a marketing leader out, uh, of, of a company out of Nashville and this surprised me. And then tell the story. That's content. That's easy enough. Right. And then repurpose your comments into content or listen to those questions and start answering them. Because if once you start layering it in, and this is how I want to tie this all together, once you start layering in connection strategy where you're connecting with your target accounts and you're following the influencers that they follow, you're commenting on their um, accounts and then you're commenting on the influencer accounts to get in front of them. Now you have two ways to get in front of your audience without ever sending a DM, without ever right, pitching them in the DMs because it shows up in their feed. It shows up in their influencer accounts. They're going to start to think, wow, this this person really maybe knows knows their stuff. And then on top of it, you're also layering on Content that you're posting yourself that is is creating interest maybe. It's not going to be hugely – you're not going to get 30,000 likes, right? But you are going to probably get some engagement as it builds. And then on top of that, you're going to get profile views with people that you could connect with or maybe who are following you. And then on top of that, you continue to get visibility in other ways and that drives conversations. You're showing up in other people's common threads. They send you a connection request. You start a conversation, say, hey, how, I mean, you could go with something as indirect as how have you been, but there's lots of more direct ways to approach that conversation. And then lo and behold, you're able to generate lots of people to build pipeline by getting them off their original platform without ever selling or sending a cold email or sending a cold call just because you've built the relationship. And to Nick's point, and Lydia commented this as well, that 21-day sequences you know, are – fine as a starting point but they aren't the end point um all of this is a long-term payoff i mean nick you and i have been doing this sort of work for a number of months and the first 30 days there wasn't that much traction surprise surprise <laughs> traction. So i think our profile views were like just steady right across right across the bow maybe a little uptick right but then the flywheel took hold and things started to pay off. And as we engaged more and more, it continued to build on itself. And that was um, when when things really started to get serious. So anyways, uh, content is just one tool in your tool belt. And you don't have to, I mean, for especially if you're just in And I say just as if it's bad. It's not just an SDR or just an AE. Like you have huge visibility on this platform and you're connecting with all these cool people. It's a chance to deliver value to them that's not in a comment or a chance to tell a story that's not in a comment. Content is just one of many tools uh, that you have at your disposal out here. And
1: don't just make it about you. Don't just make it about the customer. Yep. Bring in other people. Dale Carnegie, the sweetest sound anybody can ever hear this is, is their own name. Mm-hmm. But what if you mention their name, but you compliment them at the same time, but a real a real compliment? Yeah. You know, like when I say Jason Bay is an incredible cold caller, he is. Mm-hmm. When I say Justin Michaels gets intelligent automation, he does. He does. Mm-hmm. But when you bring these people into conversations on LinkedIn in your content and reference them and give them credit... It gives more credibility to you because it's trust by association. You you be creative with your content. Look at different styles. Don't be afraid to be that resource for people where you're curating it in a way that they understand because you are their voice.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So maybe you read a book, give somebody the lowdown on it. Maybe you're following a whole bunch of people in in your target personas and you're like, hmm sounds like you guys really struggle with this, but once you got over this hurdle, once you got over this hurdle, it changed your entire career trajectory. Mm -hmm. Share that story or ask if you can go and dive in on that, get a little more information, tell it with them. But you, the more you can include more people, the faster you grow. It's the same reason why Vine exploded. It's the same reason why, right? All the Vine stars and everybody collaborating. Look at TikTok. Who's really taking off? The people that collaborate.
0: Duolingo. That. That's who's taking off. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Yeah, you you got to really go look at who where the collaborations are coming from because it's trust by association and leverage that. The one last thing I want to touch on, unless somebody has comments.
0: Throw mm-hmm. them in. It's, in so how in the KCDA. hell
1: do you not lose people in LinkedIn? Because their DM inbox is garbage. Yes. And sales nav isn't the most friend, like, no. <laughs> friendly it <is> ecosystem not. <laughs> for a sales It's not person. a CRM,
0: that's for sure. No. So, uh-uh. what you,
1: so what do you do? How do you not lose these hot prospects? So Lydia, you mm-hmm. hit the nail on the head that they're a suspect until they become a prospect. Mm-hmm. So what if your lead lists were exactly that? Leads. Names on a list. Suspects. What if you change the title from lead, so account list persona to prospects and had one folder that was just prospects where you've started that conversation and you want to keep investing. So the whole point is you get it to a place before you take it offline to book a meeting and that's when you'll move it to pipeline. But use sales nav as lead qualification nobody's gonna buy in dms nobody's gonna buy on a cold call you're gonna get to a meeting unless it's really simple product and it just sells itself like an e-commerce play this is a simple way to go and make sure you don't lose anything Mm -hmm. i haven't found anything better if anybody has please i will give you all the credit and shout it out (laughs) to the world so that is the one that's worked the best for me so far mm-hmm. from going from lead, lead, qualified, and then taking it to pipeline in the CRM.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, well, we've covered a lot in this power hour. Thank you to everyone who has commented, including our hilarious jokes and uh, all the rest of it. Eddie um, I, uh, <laughs> comments, what? I will sell them on a cold call. Um, of course, that's all of our highest hopes never works out that way. Uh, we've covered a lot of ground. Um, please feel free to re-listen to this. We actually have, to those of you who are joining us for the first time, as we have mentioned, we have a podcast. We've done a number of episodes on different um, uh, parts of the LinkedIn process, thinking through your personal brand and your profile, thinking through ways to actually prospect and connect, which is a riff on some of the uh, concepts we talked about today. Um, we've begun writing down all of these thoughts which is very cool so if you're interested in maybe a written version of this drop it in the comments or send us a dm we'd love to hear from you um thank you to everyone who's joined today uh and i we all both hope that um you got a ton out of it uh, as always it's been your power hour after all um and nick any closing thoughts
1: yeah I would love to know what your biggest takeaway is from today. Throw it in the comments, please. Mm-hmm. And if you have any further questions, throw it in there or send me a DM. And I would be happy to go and do a 30-minute strategy session with you. And is there anything else that we had? To... Oh, I don't think so. And also, what is a burning topic you want us to discuss? Me and Morgan are talking about topics for the near future. Please let me know. Let mm-hmm. Morgan know. This is for you. We do this for you guys. We also learn in the process, so it's pretty sweet. I mean, we
0: definitely learn in the process, yeah. Uh
1: (laughs) Or who you'd like us to interview. Mm -hmm. Throw it in the comments. Thank you so much for being part of this Power Hour. We could not do it without you. Happy selling, guys. Happy selling and happy Friday. Bye. Happy Friday. Did you love today's episode? Subscribe
0: now to have our three weekly episodes waiting for you. And if you really like our content, please leave a five-star review. But if you're not ready to give us a review, check out another episode and follow us on LinkedIn. We'd love to win you over. See you next time. See you next time.